0: Okay. Uh, King. <laughs> oh, George, I knew that you'd come. I, I knew that you couldn't just throw me aside like an old used glove. I knew that very well. <laughs> you see, it's because I have a basic faith in mankind. <laughs> That's the. Uh, I have a basic reality in the eventual truth of the eternal verities that all of us live by, right? <laughs> well, we certainly do, don't we? Uh, I say a penny saved is a... Penny Earn. That's what I always say. I've, it took me a long time to come to that conclusion, but uh, I know it's going to make a lot of people mad, but I say that. I, and I also say, uh, look before you leave. I, I, I say that all the time. People get damn tired of hearing me saying that, but I say it all the time. I say, look before you leave. Let me say this, Penny Earn. <laughs> Hello there. This is old Uncle Wiggly here. <laughs> And uh, you sit on my knee, and uh, I'll tell you a few stories. One thing I would like to warn you is that the following program is not for women and children. Uh, Tonight, I thought perhaps it might be worthwhile to expose Winnie the Pooh for what Winnie really is. You know, it's a very uh, lightly disguised track for, uh, well, uh, get right down to the nitty-gritty here in just a few minutes. But I thought we'd warn you that uh, that, uh, 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 make sure that you're... (laughs) Uh, George, uh, I can't remember. It's slipped my mind, but, uh, I, was right on the tip of my tongue, right? My tongue. I'll, I'll remember. No. Shoddy piece of, g- oh, hi! Thanks. Good to see you, gang. It's, of course, it's an inbuilt failure, uh, what they call the inbuilt failure factor. It's a good word, factor. It's, uh, you know, it's like the Mets. Uh, there's a lot of talk that the reason the Mets lose ball games is because they have an inbuilt failure factor, which is to say that part of every ball game that is played is played with as part of the equation of the ball game. Let's say A is playing B. Uh, ostensibly, it should be a clear cut equation where A plays B. A swings at ball. B attempts to catch ball. Then B swings at ball. And A attempts to catch the ball. Uh, However, there is such a thing as the inbuilt failure factor. Uh, Have have any of you ever heard of the random factor, of the theory of mathematics, the random factor? You know what is it, the random factor? Well, uh, bringing it down from uh, technical phraseology, the random factor means bad scene. You know? I mean, you, you, you spend 400 hours, man-hours, putting together this fantastic structure of uh, ideology, psychology, physiology. You you know, you work like mad building this thing up. It's all set to go, and then you blow a fuse. Everyone sits around. Failure is what I'm talking about, friends. Failure. The American way of life has no place for failure. And I say to you, as I look out there through the darkness, you look me right. Come on, don't chicken out. You look me right in the voice coil. You look right here, where I am. Look right at your radio and say to yourself, and say to me, with a smile on your face, I am not a failure. Okay? Feels better, doesn't it? Ha, 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 if you please, Roger, please. If you please. Oh, oh I was walking through the park one day. In the merry, merry month of May. When I was taken by surprise by a pair of roguish eyes. While I was walking through the park, one day, Rasmussen. la da 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 la da La-da-da-da-da-da-da-da La-da-da-da-da-da-da. da 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 Oh, you ain't no failure, are you, dad? la da 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 la da 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 oh, life can be one long, one long, long song. I was walking through the park one day, in the merry, merry month of May, when I was taken by surprise by a pair of roguish eyes while I was walking through the park one day. I said, it there. hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, now, you reset that, Roger. We're going to use that once in a while to brace that backbone of the average walking around scratching, spitting man who carries failures around him, festooned over him like ancient grapes of an old, old vintage season. You know, you sit there in the bus and you see these people get in and sit down, or you watch guys jump out of cabs and they're carrying these thin leather attache cases. They've got this silver hair and that $400 suit, and they're playing it big. And yet, yet, mankind is slowly beginning to concede that the random factor, the failure factor, is an important part of existence. For example, are you aware now, uh, speaking of uh, the random failure factor, we have a little note here from the silly section of the New York Times. That's the section in the last part of the paper where the real stuff is happening. You know, I, you can read you can read the New York Times all you want. Hour after hour, read the editorial page. You get nothing but all these platitudes, you know, that we should think good, we should love each other and all that. <laughs> nothing to do with the way it really is, you know, the fist-fighting nitty-gritty world. And it's only when you get way back at the back part of the page, you know, uh, you know where it says the surplus values that are available, the stuff you can buy, the silly section on the weekend section of the Times... For example, do you know that on a recent one, you could have bought yourself, by mail, you could have bought yourself some uh, surplus 88-millimeter mortars that make uh, souvenirs. It's just for the collector. Well, it's also kind of fun to lob a few mortar shells over to the next apartment house to see, you know, how action is going. And and among other things I found here, would you please uh, sneak that in behind me again, once again? Uh, you can now buy a new radio. The new radio is now for sale. It says something about it. It says the new gramophone radio. Uh, we quote with the Winchester... I personally, I don't know why it is uh, with me, but I personally uh, never have been able to get... I wish i envy. Have you ever envied people? Uh, and I don't mean envy them for something they have, but I've envied people their seriousness... I really have. I wish I could seriously... Uh, I, I've never been able to, to really get sweaty over anything. I mean, really sweaty. I, I've envied guys like, like for example, friends of mine, like Pfeiffer, you know, Jules Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer can actually get... Uh, uh, he, he, he per, You know, his eyeballs pop out over stuff. I say, uh, all you've got to do is say, hey, Jules. All you got to do is say, hey, Jules, Bobby Kennedy. <laughs> he just pop. you know. <laughs> or... or uh, or I'll say, uh, I'll say, "Hey, Jules, Linden," <laughs> and, and he's, you know, he's, he walks around, hits his head against the wall, and, and I've, <laughs> I've, always envied guys for this. Now, now on the other hand, I've always, I've always envied people. I remember when I'm, I'm first working, I'm a kid, you know, I'm working in the steel mill. I got this job. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, it even went before that, my absolutely very first job that I ever got, my really first official job. I'm 14. And we went down and we got our work permits. You know, you ever got a work permit? Well, I got this work permit, see. And they had on the bulletin board there in the state employment office, they had all these jobs for kids all up and down the thing. It says, you know, delivery boy Goldblatt's. Uh, it says uh, <laughs> the work in the ice house and all that stuff. And, and uh, me and Bolas, it was, it was me and Bolas and Schwartz. Uh, the four of us we just uh, and, and Flick Flick peeled off quickly because Flick worked in his old man's tavern. but, but uh, me and Flick and Schwartz and Bolus were all looking at the, we're looking at the bulletin board there and it was signed. it said uh, apprentice needed. Clean work. Well, you know that can, sounds pretty good. It says clean work. It says good hours. Well, that sounds good. It says apprentice, Learn a valuable trade. Well, <laughs> I'm fooling around at this point. You know, I'm 14. You know, I just finished, uh, uh, just finished trigonometry, and uh, that's not a very valuable trade. Uh, <laughs> and I had also finished biology one, which is not a very valuable trade. We hadn't even arrived yet at worms in biology one. You know, uh, I, we were mired down deep among the... the uh, well, actually, we had, we had just finished the bit about the grasshopper and I was very, very hip on where grasshopper's ears were. You know where the grasshopper's ear is? You do? You remember that too, huh? You? Very good. Okay. It's <laughs> all I got out of my education, by the way. I know where grasshopper's ears are. And so I used to walk around after that in the outfield, you know, in 14 I'd pick up grasshoppers and I'd, you know, I'd talk into their ear. I'd pick up and I'd say, there's his ear, see? And that's about all I got out of school. So I wanted to learn a valuable trade. So Flick, you know, Flick says, well, I'm learning a valuable trade. I'm running the tavern. <laughs> little re- little realizing he was learning a valuable trade, you know. And so Schwartz and Bolus and myself, we go out to this place, and uh, we walked out, and I know exactly how this guy feels. You know, there's, there's, a, there's an indescribable feeling, and I'm going to try to describe it, uh, which is a silly thing to do, I suppose, but an indescribable feeling that we have all had. It's a feeling... Of deep trepidation. How can I? How else can I say? A kind of borderline sickness, uh, fear, and great suspicions of untold fields of boredom about to open up when you when you when you walk in and you're a kid, and all of a sudden you're getting your first job and you start to do it, you know. Getting a job and talking about having a job is one thing, but having a job is another. I mean, actually going in and getting the job—it's oh boy—and and especially if it's if it's a, you know if you're doing a job that's connected with your you know fun. Like my idea of a great job, you know what my idea of a great job when I was a kid would have been to have been a ball boy at Comiskey Park. Yeah, you ever seen those kids on TV once in a while, the ball boy sitting down there, and he's wearing a Yankee uniform, and uh, somebody hits a foul ball, he you know, he runs out like mad and picks up the ball before the kids can jump over the stands and grab it? That's the ball boy. And I always used to sit in the stands when I'd go with my old man and wonder how the heck this kid ever got that job. As a matter of fact, that's the kind of job that if I got, I would never quit. I mean, they'd have a devil of a time getting me out of there. They'd say, hey, you're not, you know, here you are, 84 years old, and you're still a ball boy. I'd say, what do you mean? <laughs> That's a great job man and i always wondered how you got jobs like being the bat boy you know for the detroit tigers or something like that and so here i am me and schwartz and bolus we got this job in a piano factory now this began early with me see this whole idea of being amused by by machines now schwartz and bolus did not become amused and they immediately fell to work like beavers uh, they, took, they took Bolas off, and each one of us was assigned to a different department. We're in a, have you ever been in a piano factory? I'll tell you. You wouldn't believe what a piano factory is like. Now, very few people that I've ever met have ever been in a piano factory, and I was in one. See, I worked in one. And so the first day, me and Schwartz and Bolus were sitting there, and I don't know, it must have been our build or our eyes, or the look in the face or something, and they assigned each three of us, each one of us of the three, to a department that we were going to learn the trade. Well, I was assigned to work in the back department. Now, if you look underneath a piano, have you ever looked in the back of a piano, you notice the piano's got these ribs that go back, and it's got a big flat, what looks like a piece of uh, plywood in the back there. That's called the back of the piano. It really is. That's technically called the back. Even if you have a grand piano, and the grand piano, if you look underneath it, you'll find it has a piece of plywood with the ribs, and on it is this great big lyre, this great big brace, the big lute-type lyre, and on it the action sets. The action is put right down on it. Well, my job was to make this back, see, and here was this old coot who was teaching me how to make backs. Well, this old coot had learned the trade in some place like uh, Stuttgart. You know, all <laughs> these were all old German piano makers, see, and it was his life work. Not only his life work, it was his life art form. He expressed himself through backs of pianos, and his eyes would water when he would see a beautiful back of a piano. You know, just you could just see the tears coming. It was just emotional, you know, just unbelievable. And and uh, he hands me the drill, and he says, "Now, when I when I drill over here, you will drill on your back on the rack there. You put a piece of put the wood there, and he just test it first to see but it it's a right for it, And he go dung dung, dung dung. He'd shake the wood. And then I take it up and I go dung 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 dung. I didn't know what I was supposed to look for. So he says, well, see how that sounds it's a good back. Very good. He puts it down. And then he takes the drill and he goes, Wee Oh this old son of a gun, this old coot he could drill holes in backs of pianos with his eyes shut with one hand tied behind his back with no drill in the bit, you know. He just go weop. He drills And he says, No, where do you try, that? so you take the drill you you right left hand, you hold it. Now try. It. Okay, it's a little crooked, but very good. Very good for the first one. But it's a little better now. Now you take the drill. Well, I am doing this for about ten minutes, and I look over about twenty feet away, and there is Bullis, and they're teaching Bullis how to put the actions in pianos. Well, it was then that I had my first moment of being amused by machines the piano was being lowered, this back, and five guys who look like gnomes are walking around it, see, and they're swinging this thing around, and one guy is going ding, 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 ding. And bolus is sweating. They're all putting this thing down, and it's a grand piano that had Mickey Mice.